morning. Welcome to our simple church. We're going to worship together. In unity as one to our God this morning. Never runs out on me. Your love never 
never gives up, never runs out on me. Just give us some praise, church. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. Our God is so good. Welcome to Hill City Church. Yes. Woo-woo. Yes, welcome. If you're new here, welcome. Um, this is our simple church setup where you just sit in a circle and we worship God together as one as one voice, one church family. Um, it's really um, a cool thing and very edifying and encouraging to hear people around you worshiping with you. There is something about lifting your voice and hearing somebody else worship with you, worship the God of the universe with you. It's just, it's unreal. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray as we enter into worship this morning. God, I pray that your spirit would just fill this place right now. God, even, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, Lord, that your spirit would fill this place, fill each and every chair, fill each and every space in this place, God, as we as we focus our minds right now and enter into a place with you. God, I pray that uh, we would set aside all distractions, Lord, anything that's trying to come against us. We lay it at the feet of Jesus right now. And we just come with what we have. We come as we are right now. We come with some of us with brokenness, some of us, God, in despair, and some of us, God, with our joy, we bring it all just as we are. We lay it down at your feet right now as a sacrifice unto you. 
because you're worthy of it all, God. You're worthy of every praise, of every offering, of anything that we could ever give, God. You're so much more than that. You deserve so much more than that. We humble ourselves right now. Just fill this place today. In the name of Jesus, I pray.
happens when we keep asking God for more he shows up and that's amazing God shows up when you just ask for more when you sing to him when you praise him when you're in your darkest of days when you're having a day where you can't even get out of bed because you don't see any light at the end you ask more for God even when you feel like he's not listening to you even when you feel like he's not there he is there because we're asking for more and if you're not asking for more for yourself we're asking for more for you because we love you and you are our family you are our friends you are our brothers our sisters and our father God is here for us he is always here for us no matter what and so we are here and we are praying for more and for anybody who can't ask for more we are praying for you when you feel like there's nothing left for you to ask we are here asking for more for you you are not alone. You are never alone. We will always be here singing for you. Anybody, we are here for you.
Lord, we honor you today. We give you the highest praise. Church, just close your eyes a moment with me. I was just going to move on, but I feel like I need to say something in this moment. I feel like some of you in this room are on the brink of quitting. And God says to you today, do not quit. Do not give up. I am here and I will help you. I will see you through. Push through. Persevere. Hold my hand and I will take you through it. Though it is hard and it seems impossible, there is nothing that cannot be done through me. There is nothing that can stop me. There is nothing that can stop my love and I will never stop loving you. Church, we're about to sing a song today. That talks about a verse in the Bible that talks about how we should pray. And sometimes I think we forget those simple things of seeking God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength. And with God saying today, don't give up, keep pushing, keep pushing in. I challenge you today, push, push into his presence. There are tangible miracles happening all over this church. And you are not disqualified. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, who you were in the past. If you are in Christ, you qualify. So as we worship these last few minutes, I encourage you, push in just a little bit further into him today. If it's raising your hands, raise your hands. If it's lifting your voice for the first time and singing out, trust him. It's Literally, the Bible says the faith of a mustard seed, the smallest, tiniest thing. And all you have to do is take one small step toward him. Just close your eyes for a moment. Invite him into this room right now. Invite him into this place.
Start to build in you right now. Come on.
Take a moment. If we can just bow our heads for a moment. Just, just bow your heads. Jen, just sing over us just for a moment. And just ask God to deal with your heart. Lord God, we put aside everything else, Lord God. We want you to be glorified in this room, Lord God. We want you to be the biggest thing in this room, Lord God. Now, not our preferences, Lord God, not our thoughts of all this and that, Lord God. We are here, Lord, Christianity, Christians are here to make you the biggest thing in their lives, that you would have all glory. That means everything we're about is about you, Lord God. And the reason we are here is about you. We're not here to hear just something good, Lord, so we can take it for the rest of the week. We are here to worship you Lord God I pray we would lift our voice Lord God just you Lord God yours is the kingdom Lord God yours is the power yours is the glory Lord God just sing over us one time sing over us Jen yours is the kingdom yours is the power it's the glory forever, amen. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever, amen. Yes. Let heaven come. Fill this room. Let heaven come. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill this room. We ask of you, Lord.
Listen to the piano for a second. Let's just worship with no words for a second. Just outpour of your soul. This may be different for some of you, but let's just meditate on God's presence in this place. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your presence. It's not just here in this place, God, but it's with us. It follows with us, God. As your kingdom come, your will be done, God, is through us, through your creation, God, through the the ones that you've destined, God, to bring redemption to this world. So, God, we receive your presence. God, we receive your calling today, Father. And I pray that we would just uh, pour our hearts out to you right now, God, through the rest of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. One more time. Amen. 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 Give God praise. You guys can be seated unless you want to stand longer. Probably not. It's good to see all your beautiful orange shirts and faces. No, just kidding. I, uh, I flew home from Oakland on Friday and this guy was going to sit next to me and he, and he had an Oakland hat on. And I said, you can't sit by me, man. And then he was deeply offended, and then I said, I'm just kidding around. So It was good, because they they're not very good anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, all right, that's all my football jokes. I had a, I, I, I liked, anybody like to get parables in the form of sport, like me? Am I the only one? Chris, I know you got me. So it's really easy for me, you know, Jesus spoke in parables or stories or metaphors. And so for me, I can tie any theological truth to a sport. And so I tend to do that sometimes. And I remember someone approached me a year ago. I said, I don't, you know, sports metaphors go over my head. And I'm like, okay, I won't use sports. So but that's all I got sometimes. So um, say bold change. Bold change. So if you guys, when you walk in this morning, you saw a, a big old sign that said bold moves. It's still funny to me when people say, what sign are you talking about? When you walk out, there's a huge one. You can't miss it. The B is about as big as my body. So um, anyway, it's very large. So we've been going through this consulting thing for a little while now. And uh, we're, we, we've reached sort of the first phase of completion. And I think John may have talked about this last week. But um, I wanted to just give you guys a little bit of a roadmap for what we're doing over the next couple of weeks. We've had a lot of people approach us and say, how can we help? How can we help with the future of Hill City Church? And, and where are we guys go? Where are you guys going? And all those things. So, in two weeks, uh, say two weeks, which is September 30th at 9 a.m. Right here. We haven't done this in a while, but we're going to do an all, an all hands meeting. This for those of you online as well. We're going to do an all hands meeting here at 9 a.m. So now you got to roll your butt out of bed eat a little bit earlier and get here at 9. But we're going to meet in this room, and it's not going to be a service. But we're going to talk about the prescriptions and the things that we're focused on going forward, okay? So I encourage all you guys to come here. Um, and I'm going to go through a few of those right now. And I'm going to spend too much time and then give it to John. Is he in here? Oh, there he is. He's back there. He's praying. He's so holy. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. Are we too real around here? Maybe. Number one is we're going to focus on mission and vision. 
Uh, this is key and paramount to any organization that we have a mission and vision that we all get. Um, that's more of an elder leadership thing that we can help uh, communicate out, but that's one of the primary areas we're going to focus on. Number two, communication. Who knows that this is one of the hardest things you can do with your kids, with your spouse, your partner, with your job, anything. Communication is like one of the hardest things. And so we know we have some areas to improve here, and we're going to try to get as best as we can. So we want you guys to come along with us and help with uh, how do we communicate better. Critical systems and pathways. There's four areas, and this third one is probably the best or ripest area where we can ask for your help to help us. Okay, so I'm going to go through these real quick. One is leadership development, intentionally focusing on developing current and future leaders that will make an impact here at Hill City and beyond. Number two, assimilation, fancy word for getting people involved and through, you know, being, being part, uh, participating in Hill City Church and helping serve alongside of us. Number three, discipleship. I think Jesus said something about discipleship, right? Um, so we want people to not just come to a church, be a consumer, and do these things, but actually become disciples of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. That was kind of a weak amen, but that's okay. We'll work on it. Number four, outreach and evangelism. This isn't just about people coming into Hill City Church on a Sunday morning and being here, but going out, all right? Going out, not just on a, on a mission trip, but our life missionally living every single day. How are we bringing the message of Jesus, the gospel, into our workplace, into our family, into our community, locally, globally, all those things? So this is a, an area of focus for us as well. And then last, staffing and serving at Hill City Church. Uh, man, we have, we have plenty of openings, opportunities for you guys to serve right now at Hill City. If you're, if you're considering serving, you say, well, I can only give one Sunday or I can only give once every two months. Awesome. Come alongside with us. We will take that. We will we'll have you, we'll plug you in. Um, so we're working a lot of areas of how to get that more structured. So um, if you want to get in, you know, if you're interested right now, come in two weeks. That is so critical. And we'll continue to communicate. But come in two weeks. Come for the all hands. We'll continue to communicate and get you guys plugged into what this bold change project is. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking to get involved now, there's, there's there are current openings and ministries that we can plug you in right now. Is that clear to everybody? Was that helpful? Good. Good, good. Well, I'm going to pray. Um, and I think there's some other things. If you didn't get one of these, these are our little... Uh, you should have got one of these, but please pick one of these up. Um, this is really helpful to give you sort of like what does the next 30 to 60 days uh, look like at Hill City Church and the things we're focused on. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give it over to Pastor John so he can bring the word of God. God, thank you for this morning and worship and the ability to, to play instruments and lift our voices. And um, God, we don't take health for granted this morning. I don't. And um, God, I pray for people that might be going through, um, I'm going through something right now, and I pray for those in this room and online who are watching, God, if there's physical ailments, God, that you, that if it's in your will, God, that you, you heal that thing, God, you take it away, you, 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 you can snap your fingers, so to speak, God, and that thing can be healed. But God, most important, as you say in your word, God, give us wisdom and knowledge, God, let us know you more as John's about to talk about, as we go through these trials, as we go through these tribulations, these things that are so hard, um, mental, physical, spiritual, God, that, man, through it all, God, God, let us learn the rhythms of, defining, of, of depending on you, our creator, depending on your spirit, your strength, so that we grow through it, God. God, teach us, God, to, to understand what that means. And so, God, we, we turn ourselves and we prepare ourselves right now, God, to be moved by your word. And I pray for Pastor John that he speaks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand as he comes up. okay. It's all good. Good morning. How are you guys doing? All right. Man, is, 
it's just been, it's beautiful to hear the voices. Isn't that true when you're hearing just the voices of worshiping God? And I, you know, I, I like worshiping loudly because I have a really loud voice. Even when I don't have this mic, that's how God made me, super loud. But I need this mic so that the people online can hear me so that I'm not just screaming in the background, all right? Uh, but we have a couple things coming up. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. My name is John, and so glad that you're here. And uh, next week, we're having a newcomer's lunch. So if you are new or newer and you need to get connected, this is a perfect place to eat together. And we want to meet you. We want to feed you. And we want to get to know you over a meal. And you guys get to know other people. And it's just a good place to connect. Make sure that you can RSVP on um, on right there, it says info at myhillcity.org. And I put a McDonald's hamburger up there because I thought it was funny. But no one thought it was that funny, right? Uh, but uh, it's info at myhillcity.org. Just send me an email or you can also uh, sign up online on our app. And, uh, and so please do so. So today we're on part two of the series Basic. Say basic. I, I, basic, just going back to the basics, to the foundations of our faith. I believe we always get back to building on that foundation because we can run from that foundation. And then when things shake, they shake wildly because we need a foundation, which is Christ. Paul in Corinthians says, For no one can lay any other foundation than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. So today I'm wanting to answer a very simple yet complicated question, and I hope to answer to the best of my ability. For those who are new to faith, I hope this clarifies and solidifies some things for you and your theology or what theology is about in Christ. And for those who have been a Christian for a while, I hope that this series is like going to the chiropractor. It is just realigning your faith back to Jesus realigning your, 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 your thoughts and your worship back to Christ, readjusting. Because no matter what, this, during this, um, this series, I just want you to be open to the Holy Spirit. I believe even this morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts. Do not deny the Holy Spirit to speak to your hearts. That's when God can move in you and just speak through you and take you out of some of the areas that is not aligned with him. And bring a lot of strength back to your life. And, and just let him convict you. I think a lot of times we don't like convict. Don't tell me what to do. The Bible tells us what to do, right? No, it's just personal conviction. No, there's convictions that God has that, we, that has to line up, that we have to line up to. It's not always that we want every, we, it's not personal preference all the time. There's convictions in the word of God that we must line up to and build from. And that's what we're doing. So I'm going to pray and we're going to run right in. Heavenly Father. I pray like, like a good doctor, realign our faith back to you. Adjust, readjust the things that are not adjusted, Lord God, to back to the foundation that is already laid for us, that is Christ Jesus. Let that be true today. Let your word of God speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. I'm going to run right into this. Now, what is Christianity. And some people would say it's probably, you know, oh, it's a philosophy or it's a moral code or uh, it's a religion to give you a better life or to put things back together. It's, others would say, you know, uh, you know 
it's this, that, or the other thing. But all those ideas, it's an experience, John. It's theology, John. It's the information. It's a moral code. It's religion. But yet none of these things really hit the mark. Each are important, and, 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 but they're not quite it. And, and the heart of Christianity, at the end of the day, Christianity at its core is a transa- transaction between a person and God. It's a, it's a transaction. It's a person becoming a Christian moves from knowing God distantly to knowing God directly and intimately. That's the goal for you and I. My goal is not that you know God distantly, that, oh, I know some information about God. No, I want you to know God, that, that God could speak to you right now and change everything in your life. That God can start pointing out things and bringing conviction back to your life. Conviction is good. Man, the problem is when there's no more conviction in our life. When you feel like, oh, everything's good, God's not convicting my heart anymore, that is the problem. Because we need a readjustment back to Christ, the word of God, his life. Christianity is knowing God. I'm going to read some verses uh, um, from, uh, I want you, if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of John. Chapter 17, all right, and we're also reading from Philippians 3, all right, and I'm going to read a lot of uh, Bible because I believe the word of God reveals Jesus, and Jesus is the one that changes our lives, absolutely, all right? So John 17, 3, all right, this, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, Christ Jesus, whom you sent. Philippians 3, 1 to 11. I'm going to start just reading through it. It says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you. It's important to rejoice in God. It is. It's important to rejoice, right, to be filled with joy for God. Verse 2, look out for dogs. And he's not talking about his homeboys, all right? Look out for those dogs. No, he's, he's looking. It's a reference to those who look out for evil doers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And we'll talk about that. For we are the circumcision who worship the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. And what it means is it's not what we do on the outside. Verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. So Paul is just like, all right, if you want to go, if you want to see, like I got all my references in order, Paul is saying, right? He says, verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, all right? You want some? Come get some, he's saying. It's not what, so he says, you want to compare? Let's go, let's go. Verse five, circumcised on the eighth day, I guess that's a good thing, all right, of the people of Israel. From the tribe of Benjamin, a holy tribe, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, you want to follow the law? I'm a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. I, man, I followed the rules. As to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. I lived by every word that I could possibly live by. Verse seven, But all that, whatever gain I had, say whatever gain I had, say it like like I said it, whatever gain I had, oh, that's so much better. I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. All that stuff, all the things I just referenced, I counted as whatever. I lost. It's a loss for the sake 
of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, knowing God, knowing him. For his sake, I have suffered a loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. And, and, and he's saying all that stuff, I count it all as loss that I may gain Christ. See, I may gain Christ. Man, that is the main thing. He says everything else in life does not even compare to knowing God. And if you don't understand that, then you don't know him like that yet. That's what he's saying. Because knowing God changes everything. That in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. And may share his sufferings, becoming like, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul right here is talking about suffering. Who likes suffering? No one. No one. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and I will even share in his sufferings if that means I may know him. This is a powerful statement. Sometimes we say, oh, you follow Jesus, everything will work out. I even heard this when I was growing up. That's not true. Paul says there's moments you're going to have to suffer. And you need to learn how to suffer well. And that's why in the beginning of the verse, in verse 1, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, and I tell you this because it's safe. Because you need to know this in your heart and mind. Because there's moments in life when you go through suffering, and you're not going to feel like rejoicing. I want you to come back and remember that all that is not even close in comparison to knowing God. That I may gain Christ. Man, just think about this writing. Think about it. Knowing God. It's not like college where you just cram a bunch of information so you can take the test the next day, right? You remember college where you're like, you were just cramming. You, I sat in the library hitting on Candace, uh, you know, during my college days. And, and I would just cram all the information. And then the next day I would take the test. And I, I did pretty good in school because I, I can remember things for a couple of days, right? And then the next day I'd like, all right, take all the tests. And then you would ask me like a couple weeks from now. I don't know. I have no idea what we learned. Because we're cramming information, right? And, and, and then you forget it. But it's not that sort of knowing. It's not informational knowing. It's knowing like you know a person, relational knowing, intimacy knowing, spending time together, knowing their insights, knowing their dreams and desires. Do you know the desires of God for you in your life? Do you know him? Listen, when you, you hang out with someone long enough, you start picking up their mannerisms. Isn't that, isn't that true? They say, they say like husbands and wives, they hang out too long, they start looking alike, right? They start talking alike, they say the same things. And then Candace used to tell me, man, I think I'm looking more and more like you. And it would just make me laugh. I was like, uh-huh. And she actually told other people, I was like, you are sounding crazy. And maybe you are becoming more like me because you're talking crazy now. You're talking crazy, right? But as we spend time with God every day, so every day, as you spend time with God every day on the daily, right, in his word, we go into his word not because we just want to read more information, because it reveals Jesus, and I want to gain Christ. 
I want to take hold of him as he took hold of me. His word in honest prayer, in serving. We serve because he first loved us and he served us. He came not to be served but to serve, Mark 10, 45. And these verses, they start to come alive in us and empower our knowing God. And then we, then we are moved in quiet humility many times. I believe Christians need to be humble. They do. Because Jesus was humble. But we need to be loud in our worship. I believe you should worship loudly, not because I like it. But I believe that one day in heaven there's going to be a loud sound. It's going to be so good. And you're going to be like, wow, that's some beautiful worship of God. And you're going to take part in that. But we start picking up God's mannerisms, characteristics, his dreams, and we become like him. But does that sound like our faith today? Here's some big questions. Or is our faith more informational? Are you ever lost in just wanting to know him? I just want to be with you today, God. I want to know you today. I want to stand here and just be in your presence. When worship was going on, I just want to dive deep. I don't want to move on to the next thing. You are the main thing. I don't want to move on to the next thing so that I can just check this off my my plate. No, you are the main thing, God. I want to worship you. I want to be here with you. I want to be here with your people and talk about you. I want to know you. I count everything else today as a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Does that sound like our faith? Or do we need a realignment? Maybe in the past that sounds like your faith. Maybe in the past you were just lost in wanting to know him, getting to hold of him. But there's times of busyness in life and things come our way and we get distracted and we, are, we just get, our alignment is off. And I pray that today is a realignment by the word of God. I'm not here just to, just to say a couple things to move you, to make you feel bad. I'm here because I want you to long for Jesus as he longs for you. It says in the word of God in that same chapter, in, in chapter 3 of Philippians, I want to take hold of Jesus as he took hold of me. Think of the way that God came and took a hold of your life. That's the way that I want to take hold of Jesus. Take hold of him. A relationship, God. Maybe this is all new to you. You're new to faith and you thought it was just informational. No, God wants you to know him. To know him. But why do I need to know God, John? The simple answer is we were made for God. We were made for him, this relationship with God. And we are most satisfied when God is most glorified in us. We, we are most at peace, at home. Like it feels like home. It feels like you belong there when God is most alive in your life. It's just true. When God is, when I am closest to God, I am so at peace. I'm so whole. And I believe that's what Christ does. He brings us to wholeness. And I, I won't go into the Greek word of that because I, 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 that's not in this, but we are going to talk about wholeness one day, right? But, but he satisfies your soul. All of us are born with desires, right? All of us have passions. But there is one thing that will satisfy your soul and make you feel at home is when God is alive and glorified in you. God made us with a deep desire to be filled by him. 
yet we look elsewhere to fill ourselves, right? And that's the only sin in the Bible, actually. When you start looking elsewhere to be filled by our own desires, by our own things or ourselves, when we say, oh, I know my purpose, I know my things, I know what's going to fulfill me, and God's like, there is only one thing that fills you, and that's more of you. It's more of me. It's more of Christ in you. We try to be our own God, and we try to fill ourselves with relationships, with, with, with sex, with accomplishments, with, with uh, power and prestige and things, trying to be the purpose of our lives. But when you're the purpose of your lives, you get there, and you still feel so unsatisfied. And at the end of the day, we're still left wanting. The satisfaction of everything in life fades. Everything. Because there's one thing that we were made for. You and I were made for God. Bottom line, you and I were made for God. Nothing delivers the joy it seems to promise. Because you and I were made for God. C.S. Lewis wrote, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in the world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. We are made for God. Yet, when we keep on trying to fill ourselves, fill ourselves, fill ourselves, these are the things we deal with. And there's four things. Number one, we blame ourselves. We find fault in everyone and everything around you. At some point, we start blaming other people. When, when, when there is, uh, this, this is what I find true. When we find our lives filled with complaint, I usually find that there's a sinfulness in us because we're trying to fill our lives with everything else. When we're complaining, 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 right? We're finding fault in everyone and everything. It's, it's this, it's that. We believe, we're believing that if I have a better this, then I'll be happy. This is, this is all people, right? If I have a better job, if I have a better husband, if I had a better uh, boss, if I had more money, then I would have lasting joy. If I accomplish this, then I would be fulfilled. But blaming just shows our sin problem because we really believe it's an external problem when it's a spiritual internal problem. Running from new things, new husbands, new hobbies, new homes, new jobs, new locations. If I change this or that, then I'll be fulfilled. But we always say around here, wherever you are, man, you're unhappy doing this. You're unhappy doing that, man. You can move on to somewhere else, but wherever you are, there you are. You got to deal with some internal struggle and get a realignment. Number two, we blame ourselves. This is what I like to do. This is where I live, right? I don't know if you're like me. I blame myself for a lot of things because I stop looking at God. I start looking at myself. It's, oh, if I could have changed this, then everything would be different, right? Have you ever, like, looked in your past? Oh, if this one thing was different, then everything would have been better. It's just not true because wherever you are, there you are. I've made poor choices. I failed somewhere, and that's why I'm happy. And, and, and you know that we do need to change some things, but we can't find true happiness just by saying if this and this change. This kind of thing will never end. Oh, if I would have changed that. Oh, if I would have, you know, this never ends within us. We just pick ourselves apart until we're full of doubt and anxiety and are stuck with a false image of ourselves because we think we can perfect ourselves, and you just can't. There's no perfect you. We're in absolute, we are sinners in absolute need of the goodness and the grace of God. And that's where we are made whole. 
We were made whole. So when we say, if only I could reach my goals, do, man, I got to do more of me, right? People say that. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, right? That means you're really lost and you're going to just focus on yourself for a while and then be lost again, right? I don't say that out loud because I think that's offensive, but I think that in my head. And I say, yeah, do more of you, buddy, because... Because you are not, because you know, because usually me is the problem. Like, I need to do more of me, all right? That's cool. I feel like you is the problem, and you do more of that, you're going to have more problems, right? But I don't say it out loud. I just, I agree, and I say, dear Lord. But if they ask me, I'll say it. <laughs> this is, we think that, oh, I'll do this, and the emptiness will be gone, but it's not so. Some people, they're fatalistic. They blame life. We blame life. Life's just going to suck anyway, right? Have you ever heard that? Oh, I'm just, I'm just living till I'm dead. People say things like that, right? Life sucks, right? Um, you know, the people who are just like, I'm just alive. I'm like, what does that mean, you're just alive? We're just existing. We get cynical when we start to blame life that this is it. This is, it's always going to be horrible. So, and, then we, and then anytime good things happen, we say, oh, don't worry. The hammer's going to drop. The shoe's going to drop, right? So I don't get too lost in this joy. We can't even enjoy the moment because we think that life is always going to suck. Right? The life is always going to hurt us. And, and, and instead of enjoying the joys of life, we get fatalistic. Right? And we become hard and cynical and we begin to lose our humanity. I can live in here. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I can be this way. And then you lose your compassion. You can lose your joy and you lose the value of life. And you no longer understand that life is a gift of God. Or number four, we can accept our separation from God by believing there must be more. Looking outside yourself, seeing your emptiness due to God being far away. When was the last time you looked at your life and you said, man, why is this and this? Why am I struggling so bad? And, you're saying, and you say to yourself, it's because I'm so far from God. Because I, I know that I have walked away and I'm not aligned. When was the last time we looked at ourselves and looked at our spiritual understanding and saw our separation from God looking outside and not content with informational Christianity? I need to know God. I want to live like Jesus. Said. I, I want not to pull back from this world, but I want to dive into it like I've never had before because God so loved this world and the people who are lost without him in this world. Hill City, do you want to know God? Man, ask yourself that. I think that's a huge question. Not information about Jesus and having the thickest theology so you can debate someone else. No, do you want to know God the way Paul cried out for it, said everything else is a loss compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ, that I can get a hold of Jesus like he took hold of me. Is that your desire? Because that is Christianity. It's knowing God in that way. Do you want to know God? And are you willing to pay the price to know him? Anyone climb a 14er before? Some of you guys? Isn't there a price to pay? I know there's easy 14ers. And then there's the hard ones, the ones you go up and you, and you thought you made it to the top and you, it was a false summit and you still have a couple hours to go and your legs are still hurting, right? I, there's a couple mountains that we have climbed and I never got to the top of it because you thought you were right at the end. You're like, oh, we were on Elbert and it took us like six hours and then we got close to the summit and then the storms came in and we had to go back down. I was like, 
really? And Candace and I, we, we climbed the 14er one time, and, 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 they, and we were halfway up the mountain, and then people told us, if you're going up there now, turn around. It's not worth it. you never make it. And we said, we're, we'll make it. So we ran up as fast as we can. We actually made it. Uh, and then we ran down as fast as we could because there was a storm up there, and lightning was hitting around us. It was awesome. It was snowing up there too. But it was a really cool experience to experience that with my wife because we were willing to pay the price to get to the top of the mountain to see what it was from up there. And it's just a different view. And in the same way, are you willing to pay the price to know God? And it's not even a price that you pay deeply. It's because he already paid the price. It's embracing what Jesus has already done for you. I consider, Paul says, everything else rubbish. It does not even come close. Whatever was my gain I had, I count it loss for the sake of Christ. I want him. I need him. Nothing will do, and I will stop at nothing to be with Jesus till my life is his life. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I want to know him. I need to know him. I am too easily satisfied with everything else that fades. But today, I want to know him. I want to know Christ. Not informationally. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know how you lead my life. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Many of us. I don't want you to leave this room without God dealing with your heart even if you have to get crazy, I want to know you, Jesus. Not when it's just easy, God. I want to know you when life is busy and crazy and there's suffering going on. I will not give up knowing you, God, because there's nothing. There is nothing. Whatever is to my gain, I count it all as lost for the sake of knowing Christ. Don't deny the Holy Spirit today wrestle with the conflict within you what is to gain the whole world yet lose your soul or the souls of the people you love most there's people all around us that don't know him and they are lost without him and there will be a day of judgment there will be i know people don't like to talk about that but there will be a day that we either know him but we do not. Nothing is more important than knowing Jesus. Nothing. No comfort, no job, no thing, no dreams. Or how people might think of you. What does God think of you in your life? What does God think of you today? First of all, you might think negatively, but you are absolutely wrong. God is so in love with you. He's waiting for you. I count as lost everything for the sake of Christ. Some of us, we've heard this before, and it's just water off a duck's back. I know, I know this stuff, John, 
But what has God's word and voice, if it's been silent for you, there's a trouble. Are we dealing with idolatry that we've accepted Christian knowledge without relationship with God, without devotion to Jesus? It's like buying a house in Hawaii and never going. It's like buying, having a winning lottery ticket and never picking up the check. You know what it means for new life in Christ but you've never experienced or lived out the full life in Jesus. It's time to claim your faith. I want to know him. For some of you guys, this message is brand new and you're new to Christ and you've never heard this before. Christianity was just informational and good for the kids. I pray that today that you would allow God into your life and to know him on this journey of faith. If you're in this room today, And you need to make a commitment towards Christ and go after him like he came after you. And you need to realign your life today. If that's you, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Be bold about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that went up, Lord God. I pray like a good doctor, like a chiropractor, you realign our lives, Lord God. Sometimes we walk with a limp for so long. We walk with bad understanding of you for so long that we feel like, oh, this is what Christianity is. And it's not, Lord God. Realign our life for a hunger and a thirst for you that we want to get a hold of you for the sake Lord, everything else doesn't matter more than you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus today, Lord God, that you continue to do work. Just take a moment. Take like two minutes right now. Let's just be, just let God do work in your soul. Just ask him, God, is there areas of my life I must repent from? God, is there areas of my life that is misaligned and that I've been taking lightly, but it's really idolatry, God? It's a worship of something else and not you, God. Heavenly Father, we repent, Lord God. We turn around, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we turn around. Jesus, my God. Just do work, God. Just do work. Just talk to him for a moment, guys. It's worth it. Do work, Heavenly Father, we love you. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth, Lord God, in my life, in my workplace, in my place of business, Lord God, in my school, Lord God, Lord, at my gym, Lord God, in this church as it is in heaven, Lord God. I pray we bring heaven down, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Give God praise. This week, I want you guys to read Philippians chapter 3 and just write down how God is speaking to you. 
And then every day, if you guys can think about that devotion, mission, discipline, and community, that we, every day, we write down something upward, outward, inward, and together, that we could continue to discipline our lives every day with the word of God and going to him first. All right, guys. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. If you need to continue to pray, continue to pray. If you need to get to know someone, get to know someone. But man, let the Holy Spirit finish his work in you. God bless you guys.